Hey y'all, welcome back to Dawn on the Rocks. My name is Donnie Steele and I am the host. Um, today's episode I'm really excited about because I have two things I get to share with you guys. First is going to be um, the three L's that are the theme of my podcast, Life, Love, and Liquor. This is going to be the first episode where I bring in liquor into an episode. So I'm really excited about that. And the second thing I'm bringing in is a guest. His name is Andrew, and I'm going to let him introduce himself. Um, but his brand, El Viaje, I've been playing around with the product a little bit. It's a Ricea brand. And if you haven't heard about it, at least you might not have. I definitely had no clue what it was until I reached out to him on Instagram about it. But it is an agave spirit made out of Jalisco, Mexico. And I'm going to let him tell you guys a little bit more about it now and introduce himself. So. Sure. So my name is Andrew Bernauer. I am the founder of LVIH Ricea. Uh, Ricea is an agave spirit. It comes from the western region of Jalisco. Uh, it's made with a different agave species than like we know of with tequila, like Blue Weber agave. The main agave used on this is uh, agave Maximiliani, but there's other species they use as well. Uh, the flavor profile is very citrus forward, uh, very floral, botanical. So it's kind of like a tequila, but very citrus forward um, without the smokiness like a mezcal. The way they cook in an above ground oven, it does not have that smokiness. So it's just a very... Uh, unique spirit. It's very new to the U.S. market. It was only legalized in 2019 when it received its denomination of origins. So that's just a little bit about it. Okay, cool. So whenever you said, I know you said that it origin or it started um, being legal in the States in 2019. When did you become affiliated with this brand and all that? Sure. So around that time was when I started taking it seriously. I was a big bourbon enthusiast before. Um, and as I went through that, I mean, I've kind of learned all these bourbon brands are pretty much made at a few major distilleries and a lot of it's just private labeled. So it wasn't really as exciting. I was looking for something different. I started getting in tequila, like high end tequila uh, and agave spirits that way. And then I started learning about it. Some of it is very commercialized as well. And then I discovered there's all these other agave spirits out of Mexico that people have no clue about. Um, and Ricea was one of those. And so I tried them all out, and Ricea just really spoke to me as far as the flavor profile. It was amazing. It was really beautiful. I felt like that was something the American market would really gravitate to, people who are tequila drinkers, but wanted something with more flavor, a little more interesting. Uh, and it's artisan produced, so it's produced with more traditional methods. It's not commercialized. So there's so much labor and handmade you know, elements that go into this as well. Um, the history of it, the way it's made, all that kind of captivated me. But yeah, it was around 2019 was when I started accessing it. It had been around Mexico for hundreds of years. It's just that's when they decided to actually legalize it where it could be exported. So why do you think it took that long? I don't really know much about the process of um, different liquors and like how long it takes to become legal. Sure. So that's kind of part of the culture. Um, It was for hundreds of years, they did not get a denomination of origin, mainly because they didn't want to pay taxes on it. I mean, this goes all the way back Mm -hmm. to pre-Spanish colonization. When the Spanish colonized Mexico, they charged taxes on any agave spirit, any liquor. Um, So this was kind of the local residents of this region kind of standing up to the government, and they kind of maintained their tradition without, you know, making it a mainstay alcohol, you know, commercialized product, therefore they could avoid taxes. So it's kind of like a cultural thing. It was, you know, amongst villages, they had recipes that were passed down through families and generations. And it's just now, you know, out here where 
we can actually access it. I mean, it was limited to just local villages back then. So that's what's so cool is it's something that was so traditional, goes back so far, and it's just now being accessed in the United States and really throughout the world in other markets too. So whenever you said it's artisan, not mass produced, why is that important to you? Or did that play a factor in you choosing to go forward with a brand like this? Definitely it did. So when we say artisan distilled, like it, it, that's printed on the bottle. So there are certain guidelines that have to be followed for that to be written on the bottle. So for one, they can't make batches over 500 liters coming out of their still. That may sound like a lot, but with commercial mm-hmm. distilleries, they make thousands of liters in one day at a time. So 500 liters is very small. Um, the types of you know methods they use to cook the agaves, like the uh, adobe ovens above ground, like my ricoleros use, or some use earthen pits. It has to follow those procedures. It can't be cooked in, like in the tequila industry, they use what's called autoclaves. Uh, some of these big mass tequila distilleries. And an autoclave is just like a big pressure cooker. So it can cook a ton of agaves, but it also retains a lot of the bad off chemicals, et cetera. But it yields bigger batches, therefore it's more profitable. So that's the more commercialized methods. Whereas with Ricea, they have their guidelines to maintain their traditional methods where they don't do that. The same through the fermentation process, it's called wild fermentation. So instead of adding a specific yeast strain where they can duplicate the flavor, it's literally the microbes in the air, wherever that distillery is, where the ricelero makes it, that's what actually ferments the agaves. That's the, the yeast and the wild bacteria that's coming in and fermenting it. So that gives it a unique flavor as well. Um, and that's all part of their process that's different than a commercialized product. And even tequila has gotten very commercialized in the sense of using autoclaves, you know, uh, where they can source the agaves from, all these different things. So that's why I kind of gravitated towards Ricea because it was a more unique artisan product and it has to follow those guidelines to be called an artisan product. Okay, that's awesome. <laughs> um, so whenever, I know you've talked a lot about the process, but Whenever you visited Jalisco, like, what was it like seeing the actual process? Were you able to go um, to the sites where they make it and see how they do it? Or what, what was your experience like there? Yeah, definitely. So my ricelero, his name is uh, Benito Salcedo Rios. Um, and I went to his farm. I went to some other farms as well. But I went out to his farm actually when they were distilling as well. So we would go out in the fields, see the agaves while they were still, you know, out in the wild and look at them. Um, but then watching him actually distill it, we got to taste it directly off the still, uh, which was at a higher proof. But that was something I wanted to do, too, just to make sure it matched the flavor profile. Uh, but, yeah, I got to see the whole process all the way from harvesting to cooking the agaves. We uh, opened up one of the adobe ovens and pulled the agaves out. When you actually taste cooked agave, it, it's like candy. It's incredible. It's so caramelized, and that's what creates the sugars. They can then be fermented to create the alcohol. Mm-hmm. Um, but, yeah, I got to witness the whole process. It was, it was beautiful and amazing. Um, and it's a very beautiful area. My rice liros are based out of a town called Mascota, which is in the Sierra Madre Occidental Mountains. And there's two types of riceas. There's mountain and coastal riceas, and that has to do with the region that they come from. So my guys are based out of the Sierra Madre Occidental Mountains, so it's a mountain ricea is the product they're making. Okay, cool. Sorry, the AC or something kicked on, and I was trying to mute myself. <laughs> no, that's okay. Um, okay, so whenever you were talking about the sugars, um, that kind of leads me into another question I had about um, how this compares to tequila because whenever I, about a year or two ago, whenever I was kind of first getting into um, drinking and like 
bartending and things like that more. Someone told me that tequila is one of the cleanest and like healthiest um, spirits you can drink. And I know we kind of touched on it before um, outside of the podcast talking about how ricea compares to that. So I was wondering if you could talk about how that is. Sure. Yeah. So from a health standpoint, tequila and really any agave spirit, um, they have some of the lowest sugar contents, uh, lowest gluten content, et cetera, et cetera, lowest calories. So that's why a lot of the celebrities have jumped on the tequila craze as well, just because it is any alcohol is going to metabolize into sugars in your body, which can then turn to fat. But tequila has lesser amounts and lesser calories and sugars, et cetera, than some of the other spirits do. So there is definitely a health element to that. Um, the one difference with ricea and some of these other artisan spirits is is that they don't have any additives. Uh, with a lot of tequilas, they can add up to 1% total volume of colorings, flavorings, um, lots of different things, you know, that they can add to it. So those are artificial chemicals that then you're ingesting into your body that have their own effect as well. The, there's a big push in the tequila industry for additive-free tequila, and a lot of people will market as that. They'll say this tequila is additive-free. So, you know, they didn't put, you know, additional colorings or flavorings into it. That's just like if you taste a tequila that tastes like cotton candy, well, that's not a natural flavor. There's obviously right. been a modification <laughs> to do that. And that's, you know, some kind of external, you know, things that aren't as healthy for you as well added in. But, yes, as a whole, tequila is definitely a healthier alternative ricea is an agave spirit so it definitely fits that profile without all the additives and the other things modified to it so i would say it's even healthier in that sense as well okay awesome love to hear that (laughs) of course of course it's a very pure product and that's the whole point is you know we're taking agave out of the ground um you know we're cooking it in these adobe ovens you know we're not doing a commercialized method Mm -hmm. and then from there it's you know being fermented and being distilled i mean it's all just handmade process that's why it's the difference of like going to a fast food restaurant okay that's food but it's incredibly processed with preservatives etc cetera, etc cetera, right versus a food that's made from scratch that doesn't have hormones added antibiotics etc it's it's just different products you know um and that's really where ricea and some of these other artists and agave spirits set themselves apart so i know before you mentioned that there are six different agave spirits are you, is that correct? Did I have that right? I believe that's correct, yes. Okay. So, so let's see, so you've got tequila, chironda, which is a rum, and then you've got bacanora, sotol, mezcal, and then ricias. So, yep, okay. six. Do you ever plan on venturing out to um, work with any other type of agave spirit or any other spirit in general, or is this kind of just your, your main project? No, sure, that's the plan, know. and that was the plan from the get-go. I mean, el viaje, which means the journey, that was the plan was I would go down to Mexico, taste, you know, explore, find what recipe, distiller, et cetera, that I liked, that I really felt was the best representation. And then that's what I would bring back for a Sotol, for a Bacanora, for all these other agave spirits as well. Uh, but with that being said, Ricea was the one that I felt was the best to start with for mm-hmm. the American market. So this is the beginning, but the goal for El Viaje is to have everything under its umbrella. I mean, that's the end goal. Right. I think that was an awesome choice because I, like I said before, had never heard of it before. And I really love it. The first time I tried it, I was so nervous because I'm not a tequila fan. And for some reason, I just assumed it was going to be just like a tequila. And you remember, you were like, wait, is is she even going to like this (laughs) when we did the tasting? And I love how refreshing it is. And it does kind of, I, I 
remind me of how or gin I guess because of how it you know mixes well with kind of some of the same like more like earthier botanical type of flavors which I actually enjoy um and so it was really fun kind of playing around with it and trying to figure out what cocktails I wanted to make with it and so far I've only made one we're actually sipping on it right now I'm gonna (laughs) explain a a little bit about it but if you want to see how I make it make sure to go to my Instagram page it's at dawn on the rocks which is spelled d-o-n-n on the rocks and I'm sure Andrew will have some on his page as well if you want to tell them about your social media handles. Sure. So it's at drink el viaje, E-L-V-I-A-J-E dot com. Or excuse me, just at drink mm-hmm. el viaje. And that's the Instagram handle. And then it's el viaje spirits dot com okay. for the website. Awesome. And how can people find this product? So right now we're launched in Alabama and Mississippi, mainly Alabama. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's more in cocktail bars and restaurants than retail right now. Right now in retail, it's at Linnell's Beverage Boutique downtown. Um, I'd assume retail would expand as further as it goes. It's not listed in ABC stores correct, uh, currently. Excuse me. Uh, but right now it's mainly just in cocktail bars and restaurants is what we're focused on. Do you have a, a list or remember some of the ones that... Um do have it here in Birmingham here that way we can send yes to yeah. send people that way yeah definitely so paper doll uh Kerrigan's beer garden pill crow Maya well Maya well and pill crow were involved since the initial launch I mean mm-hmm. they've been great supporters they do awesome cocktails with it uh the Finnick the Finnick does amazing cocktails with El Viaje they've done some great things uh automatic seafood they have it now as well El Barrio down here uh mm-hmm. for restaurant purposes they have it I'm trying to think of who else. Uh, Cayo Coco is placed in order. Uh, Adios Bar, of course. Mm-hmm. Jose and Jesus, they're doing incredible things with it as well. Yeah, that's a new uh, bar here on First Avenue. Correct. Yeah. yeah, and it's all agave-based as well. So mm-hmm. if you look at Birmingham, you know, we really have more agave-based bars than, I mean, Atlanta or other bigger cities I've been to. But now that we've got Adios and then Mywell and Pilcrow, those are three that have really based their whole bar around agave spirits, which is wonderful to really get that exposure out there. Right. I know one of my favorite things to do whenever I go to places like that, especially Pilcrow. I go to Pilcrow so often. Um, I literally walk up and I'm like, hey, Yates, will you just make me just anything? (laughs) And every time I try something new and I love it, sometimes it's like, well, maybe I want something more spicy or less or like towards this. And he always helps me find something that that works. And so I went over there and tried um, their Ricea cocktail. Uh, Is that the one with raspberry in it? Or no. That's the newer one I think oh, okay. they're doing, correct? Well, I, I tried one and it was so good, but I was curious about what your favorite one is so far that you've tried at the places that have your product. Well, or one of your favorites. That way we're not <laughs> saying whose is the best. You should just try them all. Yeah. Probably not at in the same night but you know do you you? (laughs) yeah you can't say like who's your favorite child I mean like you can't can't do that um but I think they're all great I mean I really do I think uh I think my wells you know that they originally came up with it was lemon and rosemary saint germain it was beautiful well balanced Mm -hmm. uh the first one that yates came out with I think he called it the molten quartz at pilcrow uh, and that's the one that had the egg white. That was that was really unique. It was great. I think that's um, what I tried. Yeah. Maybe. Jose at Audios, he put it in a uh, martini, which was very unique and beautiful. I mean, that was great as well. And mm. Jose has traveled all over the world in competitions. I mean, I think that's another thing that people don't realize. And, and people thought I was crazy for launching here in Alabama because this is not really a place where brands launch. You know, they launch mm-hmm. in New York or Los Angeles or Miami or big markets. Um 
but there's a couple of factors for that. One, I live here so I can get out and meet with people and right. network and build those relationships. Uh, but two, the local network has really supported it. And there's incredibly talented mixologists here. Like, I don't know if people realize just like we have a real big culinary mm -hmm. following that's finally getting nationally recognized. There's mixologists here that travel all over the world and win competitions. And, and yep. these guys are doing great things with it. So it's really cool to launch it here and to have them be a part of it too that's awesome i i totally get how maybe some businesses wouldn't want to start in a town like this because it may be smaller compared to like like you said new york atlanta things like that but this is one of the biggest small towns and one of the coolest small towns or big small towns in my opinion because like everyone it still has the community feel where people want to support locals but you know it's the price ranges of like where you live and like what you're buying and you know the experience is still like you know worth it yeah which is cool but I mean, we've got restaurants that are james beard award winners we have yes. cocktail bars that are james beard award winners mm -hmm. i mean you know like it's it's amazing i mean Faisal won at the atomic they won a james beard award so you know there's there's incredible talent here um so I, i've really enjoyed launching here i think it's been great and, and the other challenges too it's just being a control state from a taxation standpoint those things that makes it challenging for brands too but this was the decision i made and i'm and i'm happy with it i'm really happy with the local community i mean they've they've been a big part of it for sure right so aside from the history of it and the flavor of it i want to talk about the artwork that's on the bottle and on the like pamphlet you gave me with info and on the website, your Instagram page, all that. Cause I think it is so cool. And I want you to explain to everybody how it got on there. Yeah. Thank you so much. So when I started this, which was years ago, I mean, it took years in the making to mm -hmm. actually just the legalities you have to go through and modeling the business plan, all those things. But one of the things that I was doing at the time, I was doing a lot of paintings. Like I used to play music and then I've always had a creative outlet. And then I started getting into paintings and doing artwork. That was my creative outlet. So I started studying like a lot of graffiti art in Mexico. I got really big into that. Um, and there was an artist down there that I wanted to use actually for the bottle artwork. But he had gotten, I mean, he blew up. He got real famous. And then when I realized the cost mm -hmm. of that, and then he would have owned rights. It just wasn't possible. So I was like, okay, I'm going to have to figure this out myself. <laughs> so I literally just started coming up with the images and things that I wanted um, and kind of saw in my head and then painted it on a canvas. And then I took that imagery to AMD Creative here in town, uh, my graphic design company, and they ran with it and built it from there. And that's really where the artwork started. But, you know, I wanted to contribute something artistically. I mean, the Riceleros, the people in Mexico that make this, they're really the artists that have created this product. But with the artwork itself, I wanted to be involved at least in something in creating the label. So that was my contribution. Um, and it was a really enjoyable process. It was fun, for sure. So I know you told me this before. Hopefully I remember this correctly. But you said whenever you were looking back at the artwork, you kind of could see how the name um kind of connected to the artwork like subconsciously so yeah so like I did I did two different paintings the first painting I did it was literally just trying to get the colors you know that I was seeing in the graffiti art mm -hmm. like just how to kind of lay it out and I had like some broken stencils I was getting ready to throw away so I used them as some different colors and stuff on there it was just painting with them. I wasn't thinking anything about it. And as I was looking at names, trying to come up with a name for the brand, I was thinking about things, then translating it to Spanish and seeing what fit. And I was like, the journey. I was like, because the journey of 
trying a new spirit, the journey of life, you know, that just really resonated with me. And then when I looked at that painting, literally El Viaje was spelled out, you know, with these broken <laughs> stencils on the painting. So I was like, oh man, that is really a sign. I've got to go with this name. So that's where that came from. And then from there, um, I produced the imagery of, you know, it's kind of like a cross, but technically a sword and then the eyes on each side and all that different symbology of it with the colors. That was the next painting, but the one prior was where El Viaje was literally painted on it and I had no clue. Uh, until I found the name afterwards. So it was, uh, it was a very weird kind of scenario, but it was, uh, it was exciting. I mean, and, and it inspiring. worked out and it worked out. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. The names worked out well. The bottle looks so awesome. Like in my apartment, I have, um, like I turned my dining room into a home bar because I'm 24 years old and who, who needs a dining table That's when you're right. at that age, right. you know? <laughs> and so I have liquor shelves and stuff and I was so excited to put that up there. Um, because it looks so nice up there. So I'm really excited about it. But um, I am curious about what your favorite way to drink it is. I know we talked about different bars that have certain cocktails with it. But if you're like chilling at home and you want to drink it, like are you sipping it in a cocktail or are you just drinking it by itself? You know, it depends. I mean, I've always loved drinking spirits neat. I got into that back in the bourbon days. And of course, even the agave mm -hmm. spirits love it too. Because that's the only way you can truly identify the flavor profile of what you're drinking and the characteristics of it. You know, the mouthfeel and the finish and all those things. You've really got to drink it neat to truly figure that out. Right. Um, so I enjoy it that way. Some people may not, um, but that's what I enjoy. But at the same time, I mean, I'll make, you know, what we know of as a ranch water. I kind of re branded at mountain water since my guys are from the <laughs> mountains but just like the flavor tipo chico like twisted grapefruit or Twista lime and then just some lime juice and rice and it's amazing and once again it's a healthy drink i mean you're not having any added sugars to it right you know what i love about it is that you don't have to do some crazy cocktail to get some good like pull out the good flavors in it it's just you just add something that can complement it so this cocktail that i made i was I was walking around all day at like multiple stores trying to figure out what I should get because I did not plan accordingly. And I was like, man, the stuff I want to use, I'd have to order and Amazon's not going to get it here in time. So, um, I was walking around trying to think and I was like, you know what? I really like ginger. And I was like, let me try that. And I feel like it worked so well with it. Um, the cocktail that I said that we're like chilling here drinking right now, um, it has ginger, lemon, and hibiscus in it, but um, I feel like it could go either way, like as far as the hibiscus part of it goes, because I have um, a hibiscus ginger beer is what I like topped it off with. And like whenever we first tried it earlier, you said that you could really taste like the natural flavors coming through um, from the ricea without the ginger beer added to it. And so I think that's what's really cool about this cocktail. Um, so if you guys want to see how I make it, once again, make sure to check out the Instagram page. But keep in mind that you don't have to top it with the hibiscus ginger beer for you to get a good cocktail with the ricea. Definitely. I think one thing people need to know about ricea as well is when they think of agave spirits, we kind of know how tequila mixes, which a lot of tequilas you can get one brand and mix it and it creates one flavor and then a different brand has a completely different flavor. I mean, there's a lot of variations there. Um, and then 
also when it comes to like mezcals, a lot of mezcals, they can be made in eight different states. The production methods can vary, but like in Oaxaca, they cook the agaves down in earthen pits. So Mm -hmm. when you cook the agaves in the earthen pit, it soaks up the smoke. Therefore, the end product, um, the distillate, you know, the mezcal that you drink still has a really smoky flavor. So that can overpower cocktails. It kind of limits your options to a degree. Um, and you've got to be a little more specific with what you do. Ricea is very delicate in the sense that like it can go in gin recipes, it can go in more agave traditional cocktails. There's a lot more variation you can do with it. And I think people don't understand that. And that's what's cool here is a lot of the bartenders, mixologists are figuring out there's a lot that you can do with this because it kind of, it comes through, but it doesn't overpower the cocktail. You know, it's kind of like a middle range um, presence there. So it's, it mixes really well and it gives a lot of opportunities. So I know you mentioned this before about how some people like tried to shoot the product like as a shot. What's your, like, is that the type of product you want to shoot or just a sipper? Yeah, so shooting anything that's like a high-end spirit to me is like, (laughs) it makes me cringe pretty much. So it's Um, just like an opinion thing. It's not like, oh, you shouldn't do that. Well, (laughs) well, I guess my thought is if you're shooting something, you're drinking it quickly and you're not really even enjoying it. Right. You know what I mean? Like you're not really going through, like if you sip it, and that's why I tell people like, look, when you take a sip of this, like take a sip, move it around your tongue, move it all around, like let it touch all the receptors and everything back mm-hmm. front etc and then swallow it and then breathe out and like really get a feel for the finish as well you know if you just shoot something you're just you're not processing anything really it's just going really fast so that's why I tell people you know really anything that's a good spirit you should sip it because you can enjoy it that way and really understand it I mean if it's something horrible and cheap maybe <laughs> maybe you want to shoot it and just get it over with Jaeger. But, yeah but I mean this I'm this kidding is, to all the people that like Jaeger Actually, yeah, <laughs> yeah, I mean, you know, but this is something to truly be enjoyed. And that's why, you know, people drink it out of a Glencairn glass, just like a like a bourbon sniffer you'd use. Mm-hmm. I've really pushed drinking out of a champagne glass. That's one thing I learned in Mexico. And I, I really think they're on to something there because it it gives you like a the barrel of the glass is longer. So it kind of funnels the nose up. So you can really analyze the nose of the spirit, but you don't get the alcohol fumes just like shoved in your face. Right. Like if you use like a really short Glencairn, it's like too much alcohol almost sometimes. Uh, so they do a lot of their spirits competitions with champagne flutes. They call them tequila flutes, but it's really a champagne flute. And so that's where I suggest people drink this neat as well. Okay, cool. I'll definitely keep that but, in mind. But sipping it. Sipping. <laughs> Not shooting Don't it. Don't shoot it. That's I mean, right. if you do, it'll probably get you where you want to go. But uh, <laughs> yeah, as far yeah. as actually seeing how it matches your palate. Yeah, I mean. <laughs> maybe not. If you want to. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> just exactly. Enjoy it. <laughs> okay. Well, I don't think I have any other questions for you. So if there's anything that you just want to let people know about the brand, about yourself and how you're involved with it or anything else, you know, let them, let them know. But, um, other than that, um, definitely make sure to check out his Instagram page so you can see when they have events and tastings and things like that. Um, and to see, you know, other cocktails made by people in the area and myself included, um, make sure to check out our Instagram pages. And if you want to repeat yours, I'll repeat mine as well. And that way 
nobody has to rewind to find it. Yeah, yeah, for sure. And I'll repeat that again. And, and that also helps exposure period. I mean, the more people that can see this, understand it, learn about it, the more the ricea industry as a whole grows. So even if someone isn't in the Alabama market, there's ricea in other places. The goal is, of course, I'm trying to expand in other states. So I want a lot of people involved in it for sure. And that's why I work to, you know, post things about educating on it, the process, the distillation procedures, cocktail recipes, everything, just to educate the space because it just started in 2019. I mean, think for a spirit that is really, really new. Um, and there's just so much to teach people and for people to learn about it as well. But once again, the Instagram is at drink and that's E L V I A J E. And then the website is L V I And that's it. Okay, cool. And mine is at Dawn on the Rocks, D-O-N-N. And my personal Instagram is Donamy Rose, D-O-N-N-A-M-Y-R-O-S-E. Um, I post a lot about the podcast on both accounts, so make sure to check both out if you're in- interested in that. Um, but yeah, thank you so much for coming on. I'm so excited because this is the first guest, and I was telling him about how nervous I was, and I think it turned out fine. I don't even think I'm going to have to cut stuff out of this one. <laughs> so I'm really happy about it. Hopefully you enjoyed it. <laughs> yeah, no, thank you so much for having me. It was great. It was great. Awesome. Well, um, I will see And the cocktail was great as well. Compliments to you. Thank you. Are you just saying that because you're in the same room as me? <laughs> no, I mean You can it. lie. I mean it. I'm being honest. <laughs> okay. <laughs> It really was good. It was great. Yay. Awesome. I'm glad you liked it. Well, I will see you guys on um, next Thursday at 6 p.m., posting every Thursday. So make sure to tune in to see my next episode. I won't have a guest next week. It'll just be me. So if you're interested, make sure to tune in. All right. Well, thank you again, and I will see you guys next time. Bye.